Hello and welcome to Business, Barbells and Babies. This is the podcast where we will go far beyond what they teach us in Cert 3 and 4. My name is Ro Hawley and I'm going to be sharing this time with you. We're going to be jumping into the real life shit, the struggles, the challenges, the real conversations that we need to have in order to not only navigate through the industry, but thrive and make a fucking killing. Let's have some fun. Hello and welcome to episode number 23. Now, I am super keen to record this episode for you guys today. Um, reason being is I think it's a I think it's going to be a really valuable episode. Um, and I think that you're if you're a coach, um, you're going to get a, a lot of insight and some perspective that might help you as we relaunch back into gyms and, and start up our fitness businesses again. Um, now, this episode has been molded by conversations that I've been having in particular over the last three to four weeks as coaches here in Australia prepare for the gyms to reopen again um, and start to do some assessment about where they're at and how you know this period of a pandemic has affected their businesses. Um, and it's really, there's been a lot of conversation around what's been working, what wasn't working, where do we need to spend our efforts in order to not only bring up, bring ourselves back up to baseline, but to continue to, to build further than where we were before this pandemic. Um, and there has been themes that just keep repeating over and over again when I'm having these conversations with coaches. Um, and I'm, I'm finding that I'm, I'm like connecting with a lot of coaches that are in a commercial space. Um, and for those of you that have listened to my story in earlier episodes, that's where I started as well. Um, so I'm finding that because I was in the same position as a lot of you guys that listen to this episode, I do find that the, the stuff that I talk about does resonate with you guys. So I hope that if we, I hope by end of this episode, the 10 mistakes that I look at will just give you something to think about and going, okay, cool. Um, is this where I need to be spending my efforts or do I, you know, do I need to maybe chill a little bit on some of the stuff that I might be spending? spending too much effort on. So yeah, 10 mistakes that I see so many coaches making over and over again. Now, mistake number one, um, I've put this one as number one because it's June the 7th here in Australia and we're coming to the end of our financial year. Um, and a lot of coaches do not prepare for this time. So my first tip and the first mistake that I see coming up is that coaches are not putting money away for taxes or whatsoever. Um, and you know, I'm putting my hand up as I'm recording this for you. I was one of those coaches when I first got into the industry, I didn't really understand what I need to do from a tanks point of view. Um, I just, you know, took money from my clients for the services that I was offering. Um, a lot of it was in direct debit, but a lot of it was in cash as well when I first started and, you know, didn't put a lot of the cash through my bank accounts and didn't really take, take it seriously. Um, and the first like year of running a business, I had a tax bill that in like, when I look back, it wasn't huge, but for that point of time, when I was in my first year of business, it was huge to me. Um, and it took me like almost like two years to pay that first year of business off from a tax point of view. Um, and that's just one of the biggest things that I encourage coaches to do is treat your business like it is a business and put away 20% of your earnings every single week into a separate tax account. Um, I do find that coaches, you know, when they get money from their clients, whether it's cash or direct debit, they just want to go ahead and spend it and they don't really want to, you know, think about the adult things of, of their business. But I know that when I got there, I was landed with a, a huge bill at that time that was such a headache to not only pay off that 
old bill, but also set money aside for the, the next tax bill. So as you're coming into your new financial year, which is where we're at right now, we're finishing off this current one. So we're starting a new financial year and we're reopening after it's going to be 13 weeks when we reopen gyms up again. So I really just encourage you to look at your bank accounts, have your normal like operating account where all your cash comes in um, and cash can go out if you need it to as well. But I also encourage you to have a separate tax account. Also have a separate savings account for your own business savings and your own personal savings. Okay, so I really encourage you to have a look at your bank accounts and start to go, all right, cool, where can I be organizing myself as we come into the next financial year? The second tip that I want to look at that is um, based on a mistake that I'm seeing is I see a lot of coaches try and like the focus is always on I need to get more leads, I need to get more leads. And they're always start like they're always trying to generate new leads, whether it's through offers um, online, offers on their website, marketing type offers, and they're just like their brain is always fixated on what do I need to do to get more leads? That's that's what they always tell me. Oh, look, I don't have enough leads. And the reality is, is that you actually don't need a heap of leads, but you do need to be able to deal with your leads and treat your leads with respect. Like there is no point in someone having 20 leads come through in a month if you can't handle them appropriately and if you can't sign them. So you don't need more leads. You, you need to have a flow of leads for sure. But what you need to be focusing on is how you treat these leads and how you move through your onboarding system and how you move through your, whether it's like a kickstart type session or a trial session or a or a free consultation or whatever it might be, instead of always focusing on more, more, more leads, how about we shift our focus to going, okay, well, when I do get one lead come in, what is that going to look like? So for example, when a lead comes into your inbox from a website or whether someone calls you or asks for your details at a reception, you know, you're contacting your lead within 24 hours, if not sooner, you're giving them a phone call, you're asking to have a conversation with them and asking to have a conversation and know who they are and what they want to achieve. So that's a big thing is that when you get the lead, awesome, let's treat it with some respect. What might happen from there is you might book them in for a movement analysis or a consultation or whatever you want to call it um, and start to give them an idea about what you do and obviously what you can provide to them. Then it might be taking them through some free sessions or some movement analysis or whatever it might be. But we need to have some sort of system in place for your particular business that will nurture the lead when it comes through. Obviously, when you had a conversation with that person or if you've seen them in person and they've done some movement, then follow up the next day. See how they are. See if they have any other questions. Okay. And also when you've got a lead, your leads are... You know, you want someone to have an impression of you as a coach and you as a business owner, and they come to us, leads and clients come to us because they want to, they want us to help them as a coach in some area of their life. Now, what I want you to remember is that when you have got someone that contacts you about training, treat them like a client, treat them like someone you've already signed. They are not a friend. They are not a family member. I don't want you to be like blase about it and be like, you know, hey, yeah, awesome. No worries. Can, can look at this for you. 
just be like willy-nilly about your conversation. We want to get really deliberate and we want to be polite and professional and offer value from the get-go. So it's not just sending someone a message and just hoping that they're going to respond. You need to craft the message that you're going to send to a lead and really have maybe do some work on a bit of role play or a bit of like a loose script that you might do when it comes to calling a lead. Because when that person is engaging with you to maybe entertain hiring you as a coach you know you've got you've got one impression and then you've got to you've got to really show them what you can do for them and how you're going to benefit them as as their coach so we don't need more leads we just need to treat the ones that we are getting through with more respect have more layered around what we're doing whether it's a consultation process that runs over three particular sessions whether it's a phone call consultation that leads into a movement analysis whatever it is but I want you to brainstorm what it looks like from an initial lead coming into your business to signing them okay now the next mistake that I see coming up for coaches um is not spending enough time on their current clients now I've talked about this over numerous podcasts before you know at the core of our business are our clients we have a business that's based on human beings And what I do find sometimes is that coaches will be so obsessed with getting new business and new leads and new offers and putting stuff out on social media and putting videos of their own lifting and all of this kind of stuff that, which is, you know, all in all important, it does all have its place. But remember at the core of our business is our clients. So if you're not spending time over and over again, thinking about your clients, brainstorming for what they might need and really setting up some systematic plans around what their training might entail or how you can help them further, what resources you can give them, what conversations you might want to initiate. If you're not going ahead and doing this service for your clients, why are they going to stay with you and are they even going to get results? So I want you to just remember that at the core of your business is your clients and With that, that means that we need to be spending a lot of time to nurture our clients, okay? That's, 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 oh my gosh, it's just when I'm hearing these conversations around coaches not, you know, not doing some macro planning for their clients or not doing some initial goal setting with their clients or offering even measurements for their clients or whatever might be um, applicable for their particular clientele or, or the person specifically, like it's, you've got to wonder, like, no wonder people aren't going to re-sign with you or no wonder people are going to fall off if you're not putting in the hard yards to nurture your client. Because at the end of the day, if you don't nurture them, they're not going to get results anyway. So they're going to, they're going to potentially drop off. So my third, third mistake that I see is that there's just not enough attention on client care. Client care, um, and I was actually just talking to someone literally like two hours ago. The only reason that my business has been able to not only survive but thrive during this pandemic is because of client care. And that is the foundation, I believe, well, it's the foundation of my business and it's the foundation of so many businesses that I see in the fitness industry doing well is coaches or gyms or business owners or whatever it might be, truly nurturing their clients, always having their client in the front of their mind, okay? Now, number four, as a, the fourth mistake um, that I see other coaches making Um, is not having enough back-end systems. And back-end systems can be a number of different things. And it's, it it can cover things from onboard, like from onboarding um, a new client to financial health and how many bank accounts we might have or how much money 
we're putting through particular accounts or how we might be reconciling our accounts. Um, that can also be onto the lifetime of the client. You know, what are you doing at the first month of training into the third month of training into the sixth month of training? How are you treating your client? What kind of conversations or what kind of frameworks are you doing? There could also be systems in place for development or um, there's just so many different backend systems that can, you know, that that can be a question of whether you need it in your business. But the thing is, I don't see a lot of coaches doing a lot of brainstorming around backend systems and deciding what they need in order to create a legitimate business in which to build from. Um, I do see a lot of the time, like it, and I was like this at the start as well, like it can be very exciting to have a new client and sign a new client and see how much money is coming through your bank account and see your settlements go up, up, up. It can be really exciting to see that. And a lot of the time we just keep going, all right, cool, I've got capacity to sign another client, right? Which means I can earn another X amount. And it, it can be easy to get into that rat race. But then I also talk to a lot of coaches that want to grow, that want to have a team, that want to open their own facility, that want to earn more. And they're not like recognizing that sometimes it can be driven by greed and ego and that, hey, maybe don't sign some more clients right now and let's free up a few hours so that you can start maybe having these conversations with yourself and doing some brainstorming around back-end systems every single week. So I just don't see enough back-end systems in place for coaches. And things that I do believe should be there um, is 110% some stuff around finances. We need to know how much money is coming into the business how much money is going out of the business and what is your profit from a month to month basis and over each quarter. There has to be some level of that if you're wanting to run a legitimate business. I also see um, there needs to be some backend systems around lead generation and dealing and, and like, um, like respecting leads. So understanding how many leads are coming through on a monthly basis, where your leads coming from, what strategies are you running? Um, you know, what's your sales conversion rate or how many convers- how many actual sales pitches are you doing? I think that's really, really important to have some sort of backend systems around leads. I also think it's important, so important to have some sort of system around client care. So maybe that's tracking the lifetime of your client. So understanding usually how long a client stays with you. Um, also doing some tracking around, you know, why a client might drop off. So what is the reason that they've dropped off um, so that you can then in foresight have a look to put some other strategies in place to help where help future clients that you might see having these behaviors or these little like red flags that might come up in the future. So I also think it's important to have some structure and some, some backend systems with client care in regards to tracking. So whether it's like measurements, if that's appropriate, whether it's fitness testing, if that's your jam, whether it's skills testing in a strength sense, whatever it might be. But clients, clients come to us for a service and our job is to get them from point A to whatever the end result looks like. And if we don't have anything in place, um, a lot of coaches always scratch their head at why clients have dropped off or why their clients aren't getting results. But you can't figure it out unless you've got some like markers along the way to help you extrapolate some information so that you can better your services as a coach, which is going to better your business anyway. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely important is to have some systems around client care. Um, I also think that it's important to have some systems 
um, around growth in your business. So setting some targets of where you are now, where you want to be in the next quarter, where you want to be in the next year. Um, and that's just the first things that are coming to my head. But every every business is going to have different backend systems. But remember, without having these like foundation pieces um, to build your business from, like the wider the base, the higher the peak, right? Like you're going to get into the trap of just running session, session, session. And when push comes to shove and you want to you want something different to where you're at now, um, it can really start to crumble. So another mistake um, that I see coaches making is either undercharging themselves. That's one aspect of this. So it's about charging, undercharging themselves or changing their pricing because they don't want to deal with a fucking objection. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I was I was just thinking about this actually. I was having a conversation today with a coach that's um, actually really like she's she's a really good coach and she's really busy, but she is a hundred and ten percent undercharging herself, and that's not just because of like her um, like her abilities as a coach, but also industry standards. Um, and she's saying things like, you know, I started to drop my price over COVID because I just didn't feel comfortable or like a lot of people are like losing their jobs and all of this kind of stuff, which is completely like things to recognize. Um, but even still, when you're working in a commercial gym or a gym anywhere, um, we need to have a look at what you're actually charging. And one thing that I, when I was talking to this girl about her prices, um, it just made me remember like when I first started, when I first got into the industry, I didn't even think about what I was charging. I just looked at what everyone else was doing. And I looked at like, um, let's just say there's like five coaches. I looked at a coach that had been there the longest. I was looking at what they were charging. Then I was looking at some of the newer coaches and I was kind of like gauging my abilities against my time in the industry um, and against prices of what these other people were looking at. And I also just did the same time as other coaches. Like when I first got into the industry, half hour sessions were a thing. Um, and that's what I did because that's what was normal. Um, and I just basically charged the same amount as what other coaches did. Um, and as I've continued to work in the industry and, and move through, you know, what coaching life is like and what a coach does, um, even to this day, sometimes I'm like, I don't charge enough for my coaching services. And maybe I'm going to have a look at changing that because, you know, those of us that, well, especially people that are probably listening to this podcast, um, like I, I believe in having a high service level. Like I personally am not a high volume gym. I don't have a lot of, like a lot of clients come through at a lower price point. It's just not the service level that I particularly want to do. Um, and I also know that I do a lot for my clients and so do my coaches. We offer a lot of service, a lot of value, and that reflects in the, the connections that we have with our clients and the results that we get for our clients. And so I'm really weighing up like, what is the service level we offer and how much are we charging? Is that a fair exchange? And I don't say to myself, is that a realistic price? Because what is fucking realistic these days? That's it's so person dependent. But the way I like to think about pricing and, and charging is going, is that a fair deal? Like, would a client be happy to pay that amount for the service level that they're getting? And for one, would I feel okay to receive that money for the service level that I've get, that I'm giving? Because um, if I don't get charged, if I don't get paid enough, and I'm working my ass off, then resentment can come, um, and it can come for coaches. So, undercharging is something that I encourage coaches to look at. And I'm not just saying take your prices up for the sake of taking it up. Um, that's not at all. If you genuinely have a shit product, um, then you need to do some work to bring your services up. 
um, and, you know, spend some more time and money investing in your education and your skills as a business owner, as a coach. But I just, it's, it's something to think about as to going, okay, what am I charging? Is that a fair exchange on both parties? Okay. Next one I want to look at um, that I see coaches making a mistake I see them making is not spending enough time on their business. Oh my God. Um, I've done an episode on this prior, which is called working on versus working in the business. Working in the business is things like coaching, the like being on the tools, basically running the sessions, writing the programs, having the conversations with clients. The, you know, the foundations of what our business is, is offering a service to our clients to help them meet a health and health and fitness goal. Um, And I see so many coaches just running the race of going more, more, more coaching because there is, you know, there's a monetary amount that gets exchanged and it gets exciting and enticing. But when push comes to shove, when they want to grow, there is just no juice behind any of these sessions that they're running. Um, You can be a fully booked coach, but what are you charging? Are you undercharging yourself? And then that's influencing why you're you know, fully booked and, you know, where you want to go, do you have, do you have anything that's set up in your business in order to allow you to grow any further? Um, and that's working in the business is just coaching hours on end, which is not wrong because that's what we do. And I think that that's important. That's a, an important skill set to master is having the ability as a coach is to be able to execute uh, uh, a large number of, of coaching sessions along with, you know, the, all the extra client services that you might have. But we also need to be spending time working on our business, whether that's back-end systems that I just mentioned before, whether that's planning out where you want to be in the next quarter, whether that's going ahead and creating a manual for um, an onboarding system, whether that's going ahead and creating a resource that's going to help your business in the next year, like a resource on how to run your sessions. There's so many things that you can be doing for working on your business, but of course we need to understand where you're wanting to go. If someone wants to have a team, so other coaches under their business and wants to open a facility, then you better believe that there has got to be some protocols and structures in place for other coaches to run your service level whether that's how to write programs, how to run a group session that you might have, how to have conversations with your clients, how to navigate nutrition in a way that feels appropriate for your clientele, whatever it is. And those might be, you know, goals that you've got for like one to two years time. But if you don't start doing things now to set up some manuals around, um, how to run a group session now, you know, you're never going to get to the goal in another one to two years. And I just see coaches wanting that quick return and very easily pushing things off. Um, that's going to give them that growth that they crave in the long term. So working on your business and uh, something that I have with my mentoring clients that I work with is that depending on the particular client, we might have a check-in every single week and might be some stuff on, on a Google sheet. So it's like, you know, a business dashboard is checking off how many sessions we run that week, how many conversations you have with potential leads, how much money was coming into your account, how many cancellations there were, all that kind of stuff. 
um, that's like a that's a working on, and then they might I might encourage them to maybe spend one to two hours every single week brainstorming. Where are we going to go next week? What do we want to push forward with? What's our growth? Like when we look back on the previous week, how do we know that we've pushed our business forward and not just stuck in working in the business over and over again? So um, I encourage you to look back. I can't remember what episode number it is, but just scroll through um, the different episodes and you'll see one called Working On versus Working In. So have a listen to that one. Now, um, number seven, uh, a big, big mistake that I see coaches making is that they just... They come to me and they say, hey, look, I've got like, I really want to open a gym or I really want to be earning two and a half thousand dollars a week um, or I want to hire another coach in my commercial in the commercial gym working with me and they want to grow their business, but they have zero fucking mapping out or zero planning. And like, there's so like, there's a quote, right? That's like, every goal was once a thought. I don't know if that's exactly it, but it's something along those lines, right? Like every goal that has been achieved by people, it, it initiated as a particular thought. It's initiated by something in their brain that's going, oh, wow, I would love to do that. But in order to take it from a thought to a reality, there's a whole big lot of fucking gray space in between and it requires a lot of planning. If you want to open a facility or if you want to have a team or if you want to open, like run a semi-private model, then there's so much planning that has to go into account for you to go, okay, what does each weekly need to look like? What do I have need to have achieved on a monthly basis and then a quarterly basis in order to push myself forward towards that end goal that I want? And sometimes I do see, you know, coaches doing macro planning for their clients with their training goals. So let's just take a competitor, for example. You might have six months with a competitor, six months in between competitions. As a powerlifting coach, you're going to go ahead and do some planning over the next six months and then beyond if that's if this is the sport that they enjoy and they want to keep pushing forward with. Um, and every month you're going to have a look at different planning you know, different things to plan and different things to program and every every goal takes a plan but I see coaches just leaving that planning point when it comes to growing their business and just hoping and wishing that one they get leads or two their bank account increases or three they get better better at sales or you know miraculously the gym that they want is going to open without having a look at expenses or you know, the, the reality of the fitness industry seasons, like there's just no planning that is happening. Um, and it's, it's no wonder that a lot of these big goals that we sometimes have don't come to fruition because we don't want to spend that time sitting in and mapping these macro plans for ourselves out. Um, a tip that I always give to people that work with me, um, is that I personally follow a 90 day action plan, which is 90 days worth of, um, goal setting. Um, and I'm sitting down and having some targets coming through for those 90 days. Um, my targets can be, you know, it really dependent obviously on how the business is going and what it is exactly that I'm wanting to push forward through. So I'll give you a little bit of an idea. Um, right now, um, my current facility, we have been there since March. It'll be this current March has been three years. Um, next goal for us to get a bigger facility. So there's you know, the next facility I'm looking to get within the next kind of six to 12 months, basically. And I know that there's a number of different things I need to satisfy 
in order to then entertain having a look at real estate and looking at what property is available. Um, I need to be having a look at increasing some savings um, for just having money there as a back burner because when you open a gym, there's a lot of fucking unexpected bills. So I need to be having um, X amount more money in the savings account as a business. So, okay, cool. That's a target that I'm going to have a look at, not necessarily over the next three months that I'm going to achieve, you know, $30,000 worth of savings. Um, but it might be that, okay, cool. We've got 10,000 extra that's coming through for a specific business savings from that particular month. Um, that might be one thing, but it's always, how does this play and how does this fit into the bigger picture? And so if I'm looking at savings, well, how do I generate more money? Okay. How many more clients do we have the capacity to sign in my facility? Okay. we probably can take on maybe a few more this month. Um, or over this quarter, we can probably look at maybe, you know, five to eight clients, depending on capabilities. All right, well, what do you need to do to be signing new clients? Um, I also know that if I'm wanting to look to open a facility, um, I want to have a look at how can we make sure that our current clients are being taken care of? Um, do we want to have a look at increasing our retention rate over the next quarter from, you know, 90% to 95% or whatever it might be. So that's how I do a lot of my planning is I do it in quarter chunks because uh, I run a business. My mind just works in, in quarters. Um, and I'm always going, how do these quarters fit into each other in regards to the long term? Um, and especially now because it's becoming to the end of the financial year, um, I'm in the process of going, all right, cool. Where are we at? Do we hit our targets for this quarter? Yes, no. What do we need to do to reassess from here? Um, I know that, for example, like coming into COVID, um, I haven't met one of my financial targets for this current financial year um, for various reasons, um, obviously running a pandemic, but we have very much still grown um, over this last financial year, which brought me to tears when I heard that the other day, because uh, it's been a hard fucking slog, but I'm still going to miss my um, total revenue goal that I had. Um, which is cool. Like it's, it's understandable. Um, so it just means that for the next three and then six months for the next, the first half of the next financial year, I'm going to start to have a look at, all right, well, how can we maybe pick up some shortfall? Because I still want to push forward with my main goal, which is open a bigger facility. So I still need to, you know, find X more money and create more money in the business. So didn't happen in that particular quarter, um, with the, with the actual growth amount that I wanted, but that's not to say that it can't happen over the next two quarters. Um, and it's just about reassessing and, and doing a whole lot of planning. Like that's half of my life now. Half of my life is planning. Um, another half of my life is conversation. So the next one that I want to look at is going ahead is coaches. I see is just burying themselves to the fucking ground and not seriously taking into account um, like the stress management strategies, not seriously taking into account taking time off in the week when they need it or um, not planning little mini breaks if that's what feels good to them. I see coaches like just going, I'll sign that new client. If someone wants training, yes, they'll say yes, even if it's not within their target market. And they're just like disrespecting their own rest and recovery and eventually it's pushing them into the ground. Now, we know the conditions of working in the fitness industry. For one, the hours can be relatively shit. You know, you're working early mornings a lot of the time, late nights, 
Um, you have often got some time in the middle of the day, which involves obviously training yourself and then doing and trying to find time and energy to do other things like admin and programming and client care and all that kind of stuff. So I completely get it when a lot of stuff like growth and backend systems and planning gets pushed off. But quite frankly, like if you want to get the goals you're after, it's it's completely up to you. But that kind of behavior and those type of um that those actions that you might do on a weekly basis, they don't they don't align with the end goal of what a lot of people want. So I do see that coaches will just say yes to a lot of stuff, sign that next client, just keep pushing forward with more, 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 and then run themselves into the ground. And we typically see this on a weekly basis, you know, Monday to Saturday morning. Um, after they've done the Saturday morning sessions is Saturday night usually cooked. And then Sunday you just usually want to a lot of coaches just sit in bed and, and recuperate for the following week. And I used to be like that 110%. Um, and then, you know, you wake up on Monday and do it all again. And so it's really about recognizing, do you want to be in this industry for a long time? Because if you do, um, that type of work life might not work for you ongoing. Um, it can just completely bury yourself to the ground. So it's about building time into your week, taking having a nap in the middle of the day if you need and not feeling damn guilty about it. Um, you know, going away in the weekend or blocking out some time in the middle of the day to watch some Netflix, whatever it might be, whatever your rest and recovery looks like. But We've got to stop saying yes to everything and like bending over backwards to increase growth and getting more leads and getting more money when it's going to be detrimental to your rest and recovery as well. Because long term, like we know the industry, it's got a, it's hard and fast. Um, there's a really high turnover. And I do believe that a lot of the time it's because coaches can't manage their own shit, basically. Okay. Um, and it can feel, it's kind of a, I've talked about this before with some of my clients, actually. Um, it's quite a counterintuitive industry to work in. Like if you think about it, um, you know, we are helping people proactively towards their health and fitness endeavors. Um, but a lot of the time it can make us feel fucking wrecked. Um, our training can get pushed to the side. We can eat at really weird times. Um, we can be often quite tired. So it's like this weird conundrum where it's really beneficial for our clients and it can be really detrimental to ourselves if we don't look after ourselves because if we don't we can't be a coach we can't show up for our clients and our business will fucking flounder okay um two more mistakes that I see happening number nine is I see a lot of coaches doing courses on like certain things over and over again and I see a lot of courses done on like training specific things and also like social media marketing. It seems to be like those particular things. I'm going to do more training on like um, on progression or programming or blah, 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 all the like hard skills as a coach, which is very fucking necessary, obviously. Um, and then on the flip side, I see a lot of coaches thinking that they need to do a lot of learning on social marketing and social media. And yes, both of these things are important, but they are not the be all and end all. Um, there is, I see a lot of coaches not wanting to do a lot of learning courses, investment in how to run a business. Um, and obviously I'm very passionate about this topic um, and exploring this topic with you guys that listen and anyone that contacts me, because when you strip it back down and when you strip the, the reality of what you're doing if you're a coach is that you're running a fucking business. Um, and if you don't have the skills to run your business, you don't have the ability to offer your coaching skills to anyone. And we see this a fair bit, you know, you have really good technical coaches um, and you see just 
awesome coaches that might be booked out. Um, but when you start to unravel maybe what's going on and what people see, their shit is not together. They are tired every single fucking day. They're slogging their ass out of bed because they just – they don't have any idea about what it takes to be able to do this in the long term and run a business that's one, going to be profitable and two, give them a lifestyle that they can continue to to, to work through, not just in one year's time, but in seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years time. Um, and I was like this, man. Like I was so like this. I've been in the industry since 2013. So it's like seven years now. Um, and the first like one to three years in particular is like the hustle hard life. Like it was hustle, hustle, work my ass off, make some really fucked up decisions. And yeah, I was a good coach. Like I was, I was a, a very good coach and I had a lot of client care protocols in place, but a lot of the business shit, I just, I just didn't think it was that important. And like, because it didn't give me like an, a, a, an initial trade-off, meaning with a client, right? Like, let's just say you spend an hour doing some work, you can probably knock out a few programs and there's like a tangible result for that. And you're like, good, I feel really, I feel like I've achieved something. I've done a lot of stuff that I need to get done. But when you're doing a lot of business stuff and like exploring or doing some planning around targets and forecasting of, of settlements and all that kind of shit, like often there's not a lot of tangible dopamine hits that going, yeah, Ro, you did a fucking awesome job of those last couple of hours of work. And so it's not as, it's not as like, it doesn't give you that dopamine hit, right? And so I just, I don't, I don't see a lot of coaches spending a lot of time in this realm. But if we don't, um, we won't be here to offer the amazing stuff that we do as coaches. Um, and the last mistake that I see a lot of coaches doing is that they do not learn how to sell and they don't, they're not active at selling. So Selling is a funny thing, right? Like it's got such a negative connotation to it. And a lot of coaches say they hate selling. And again, I was like this when I first got into coaching. Um, that's because I thought there was a particular way that you had to sell. Um, but first of all, if you're not selling and if you're not actively promoting your business or you're not actively offering a service to a client or you're not being proactive about your selling with potential leads, then you're not going to sell and you're not going to sign clients to your business. You're not going to make money, etc. cetera. Um, and the thing is, is that when it comes to selling, like it's got such a dirty word and yeah, like you can have people in the industry that sell and it's just really fucking pushy and it's really manipulating and it's just, it feels awful. But the way that I like to think about selling is reframing selling to just simply being a conversation. And I've got a number of different systems that I have in my sales presentations now, whether it's um, like when it, when a lead comes into the business, it's about having my phone consultation and then a lot of questions and a lot of paperwork that I work through in order to get some of this conversation flowing so that I can understand where this client wants to go. And whenever I'm having this conversation with a, a new client, I'm explaining this all to her. I don't want her to feel like I'm just pushing something on her or you know, going in with one mind. And of course, I want to sign people into my business. I want to, to make a profit and I want to serve. And but the way to do it is just to be open and honest and say, you know, look, I'm here to help you get from A to wherever that looks like to you. Um, and in order to do that, we need to have an open and honest conversation. And everyone's going to have their own flavor of selling. Um, 
But at the end of the day, you've got to learn how to sell. You've got to learn how to confidently put your prices in front of someone. You've got to confidently learn how to link benefit your service to, you know, why this client might might benefit from your particular service. Um, you have to get really active around maybe doing some fucking awkward role playing, or you know, you have to you have to start to get comfortable with having these really uncomfortable conversations because selling can be an uncomfortable experience, but it honestly does not have to be. Um, I fucking love, I love selling. I absolutely got love going through the process, process of sales with a client because the way I think about it is like, holy shit, I've got someone in front of me that I know if they're a client that obviously fits in with our particular business and I feel resonates with our business, I know that I've got a roadmap for this person's success and I know how to help them get from point A to whatever they want. And like, that's exciting to me to like have that conversation with someone. So number 10, the mistake is like, people just coaches don't learn how to sell and then they're not active about selling either they're not putting themselves out there and presenting their prices to leads so please 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 do some work on sales um man let's yeah it's it's a big one that a lot of coaches run away from because it is scary and is uncomfortable but once you learn to stay in those conversations there's so much magic that can happen and I just love seeing obviously when we roadmap with a potential client around what it might look like for her to achieve her goals I love to see it when she fucking achieves it like that's magic on both sides she's getting what she wants I'm you know satisfying my end of the bargain and we both win okay so I hope that gave you something to think about coaches um 10 10 mistakes that I see happening over and over again and these conversations that I've been having over the last month holy moly um yeah all of these 10 points have been coming up tick, 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 just on repeat. So have a think about those 10 points um, and and maybe start to think about, okay, well, what do I need to do to, to get better at it? Or what do I need to do to sharpen my sword on this skill set? Whatever it might be. Um, now, if you're listening and you're wanting to start to look at some of these things, I have got a workshop that's coming up over the next three weeks. So I've got one workshop over the next three weeks and it's all about, the first one is all about setting up your plan for the next three to six months, um, especially as gyms reopen. Um, the second workshop is all about looking at backend systems and, and starting to identify what you might need um, and what we can do to get the ball rolling. Um, and then the third workshop is about setting up a semi-private so that we can leverage our time for money. So if you're interested in that, um, go to my link in my Instagram profile. So my Instagram is Rasheen underscore H, um, or you can go to womaninstrength.com.au. Um, and there's all the details there as well. So I hope that was helpful. Um, I hope it gave you something to think about and I will speak to you all soon. And hurrah, we're like, how many days now? 14 days until my gym reopens. Um, and I can't, oh, I'm so excited. It feels, it still feels like a, an eternity away. Um, and I'm like starting to get a bit nervous about how much I'm going to cry that week. But you know what? Everyone can see my ugly tears because it's how I feel in my soul. And it's okay to shed a little slash a lot of tears when it's something that you're so fucking fulfilled from. All right, guys. Well, I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope you got some good stuff out of this episode and you're ready to take the learnings and apply it to your own business. If you want to get in contact with me, send me a message through Instagram or send me an email, Rasheen H on Instagram or Rasheen at barbellbabesbrigade.com.au. Speak with you soon. Okay, bye.